MMA Fight Corner. The thing I was worried about most was uh, getting banged up a little bit and trying to being forced to take some time off to recover a little bit, but surprisingly after a fight like that, I was, I felt fine. I had a little cut on my eye that I uh, got repaired with stitches, and I'm ready to go. I'm ready to get back. I know, so you've had quite a few fights in the past year. Uh, what do you like to, do you rather get right back in the ring, get right back into training? So I know some fighters like to take some time off. How do you feel about that? Uh, I, th I think it's a good thing for me. Uh, there's been times before in the past where I've taken too much time off and kind of lacked the motivation to get back in there, or even, even trying to get back in there and get back into shape was the hardest part, but having those fights back to back and trying to stay healthy in between I think is what's best for me right now yeah I didn't know you had a job man well officially a computer technician but uh could you imagine you know. you're a computer tech yeah. listen I got a bug on my computer at home you're gonna come hang out with us later or what are you that guy who got the bug on the computer no you're that guy you who all day you're getting Jamie my computer's down you're like restarting Jamie I got a virus I just lost this email Where is that you do you have to come solve those problems I get asked to solve those problems. I don't. I don't I'm not too good at fixing them. <laughs> it's funny. Brad Tavares actually gave me his computer the other day to, to fix it, and I took a look at it, and it, I broke it worse than when he gave it to me. So he's been asking me every day where it is. I'm like, I don't know. I'm still trying to fix it, dude. You're not going to get any customers from this interview. <laughs> well, how how hard is it to have a full time job? To, to you know, actually two jobs because you also coach over at Extreme. But how how hard is it to to put your your whole life is kind of on a schedule? Do you feel do you like that, or or do you prefer to not be so like clustered? Um, actually, over the summer, I, I didn't have this other job, so I was able to train full time, which was great. And now that uh, I have a job, it's kind of hard to juggle everything at once. But it's nice to get a steady paycheck. But at the end of the day, I do love going to the gym and getting that training, and and having the, a fight lined up is really good motivation to get in there. And especially coming off of a loss, it's it's really uh, maybe hungry to get back in there. So at, for the time being, it's good, but. We'll see how it goes down the road. Maybe I can quit. Now, what time would you get you get into the gym during the day that you start your training? Is it later in the day? I usually get in right around 5, right around the pro team, which is perfect timing. Uh, my job's actually really cool. I've known the guys for a long time down there, and they're actually really into MMA. So they work well with my schedule, and uh, we work it out that way. So you're showing up at 5 o'clock for pro practice, but aside from doing the pro practice, there's a lot more that goes into fighting. There's the strength, the conditioning, the cardio, the running, the lifting. When do you find time to do all that? Um, I try and mix it up as best as I can. Uh, he runs to work. Yeah, right. He just pushes up while he's fixing computers. Actually, That's why they're not getting fixed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I find a little bit of time to work with Jake Bonacci down at the gym, the head strength and conditioning coach. And uh, I mean, it works. He actually has a class on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and I've been working, working well with him. Um, it's kind of almost like a private for me. So we get that going. And anytime anything else comes up, we try and fit it in best as we can. Now you've talked about you, you just had a fight, now you got another fight coming up in a few weeks. Tell everyone out there, because it's here in Vegas, yeah. which is great. Yeah, Yeah, man, it's uh, for Superior Cage Combat 4. Um, I fought on uh, 1 and 2 for them. It's by far the best promotion I've ever fought for. Uh, everyone's great to work for there. They treat you like royalty. And, uh, I mean, they put a lot of work into their product. Um, not to disrespect any other promotions. Yeah, I was going to say, you past. fought for about three different promotions at this point, and I was going to yep. ask you if that's your favorite promotion to fight for. Hands down. I you're right back there again. Hands down, yeah. Now, if you win this fight in February, what's going to be next for you? Well, um, where would you like to go? Um, well, actually, it's this funny. We're talking wish list now. <laughs> <laughs> wish list, obviously, we all, all want to get to the UFC one day. Okay. Uh, make the big bucks. But uh, I actually have another fight lined up on March 16th for Bama USA. Uh, well, that show. I just found out pretty soon, uh, recently. So I'll be back in California. And how how does that? How do you prepare for a fight where you know, like just the last one, you knew you had another fight right afterwards, and now you got another fight coming up, and then you know already <laughs> who your opponent. You've got another fight. Does that does that make it tough? 
no, it, it actually gets me really excited, man, knowing that I have this coming up and that I need to keep staying at it and that no matter what happens to this one, I always have this next one to, to work on and get better at. So I'm just happy to get in there. And, and th when, right when I first turned pro, it was so hard to find fights. And now that I've got these first three lined up the first three months of the brand new year, it's, it's awesome, man. I couldn't ask for more. And you got that Bama fight in March, but you're not looking past this February 16th no, match. Not at all, man. <laughs> you got to actually, you know, it's funny. He's got a really tough, tough fight on his hands, Jawan Victor, and uh, he's out of Brazil. And this kid's tough. He was actually one of the one of the finalists chosen to be on the reality show, The Ultimate Fighter, in Brazil. So he, for a second there, we were wondering, is he going to be on the card? Is he going to be off? We thought we might have to pull him. And at that time, you know, I had a list of guys I was going to give to Jimmy to choose from. But at the top of that list was the kid that you just fought, and I was going to give you the chance to have that rematch. But uh, he he didn't make it. He didn't make the cut. What's sad for him, but it's great for us, great for Jimmy, because I think that fight's going to be awesome because these guys on paper are so similar you know uh, Juan Victor they say he's a Muay Thai fighter but really he's, he's a he's a stand-up guy who's slick off his back he's got you know he's transition fighter when he hits the ground he's quick with his submissions and his submission attacks and he scrambles 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 and, and if I if I took the name away and just described the fighter like that I could be describing Jimmy Jones who also is just excellent on his feet great stand-up punches and bunches lots of combos head kicks you know and, and he's so slick off his back from transition to submission to position to transition to submission etc etc I mean he does it and he flows so smooth so I am excited for this fight it's got that that matchup to potentially lead to a, a fight of the night kind of kind of uh, breakdown and this is february 16th here at the orleans arena right correct february 16th at the orleans arena jimmy jones taking on Jean victor uh sec superior cage combat headlined by ufc vets kendall grove and and jay yes, silva and john gunderson's on that too. Yeah. john gunderson a ufc vet as well taking on justin buckholtz a ufc, UFC vet as well <laughs> as well and they're actually fighting for the lightweight title so this whole card is awesome and uh, jim's gonna be on there putting on a hell of a show yeah man i can't wait uh he's a tough dude and I think he's 2-0 with two knockouts, so mm -hmm. I've been waiting to, to get in there with a guy who, who puts guys away like that. I think it'll be a real good test for me, and I, I don't think I'll be the one going down that night. Now, I know we, we weren't talking about looking past the fight that you have coming up, or the past two fights now <laughs> that you just told us you have in March, yeah. but who are some of the fighters, and I love asking this question, especially now because it's like a prediction thing, like we'd love to see you in a year or two fighting some of these guys. Who is a fighter you would like to fight that you admire right now in your career? <sighs> that you could see yourself fighting eventually? I've gotten asked that before, man. It's just a, such a tough question where I'm at right now. I, there's so much I need to work on. I'm still so green learning all this Wish stuff. Wish list. We're talking, you know, all that <sighs> off the table. Uh, off the top of my Jose head. Jose Aldo, right? <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna, yeah, we, we got to start small. Jose obviously, Aldo. Obviously. <laughs> you know what? The, the cool thing about Jimmy is he actually competes at 145 and, and 135. Yeah. yeah, so he's one of these guys who, with his body type, type and the way he conditions himself and, and watches his diets, he can kind of nitpick through both divisions and, and successfully be able to move up up and down throughout his career. So I'm excited to see that. But also on the card, we've got uh, uh, Brandon Bender, an 8-0 uh, no, um, um, submission fighter, grappling expert, who's got like seven submissions, taking on Shorty Weichel, who's also 9-1 uh, with seven submissions. So these guys are both 145-pounders, slick off their back. But I'll tell you what, Jimmy gets a successful knockout here, and those are two guys that I would love to see him match up against. I think it'd be fun to fight either of those guys. Um, I saw Shorty actually beat a close friend of mine, Cooey Gonzalez, who fought on the last SCC card, and uh, it didn't really go Cooey's way, but um, I had to actually talked to Bobby Bigelow, who uh, is the uh, owner of Co uh, SEC, and uh, kind of put it on the table for me. So after this fight, we'll kind of see where it goes, and maybe we can get a matchup down the road. Does the fact that you, you, you're not really taking a lot of time between fights, so you're never able to really get out of fighting shape, is that a benefit, or do you, do you see because a lot of fighters, sometimes they, they take 
like a, an Anthony Johnson. With you know, I know it's a bad example, but this is a guy who, who doesn't real, get to the gym all the time. Real extreme and he, example. And he, and he, blows, he blows up, and then it's it's hard to make weight. Now you're you're in constant fighting shape. Yeah, I think it's obviously a, a good thing. You know, staying in shape all the time is not even fighting, but health-wise. Um, obviously, cutting weight isn't the healthiest thing for you, but as long as you're staying in shape and always working out, it, it, it couldn't be the worst thing for you. I see, speaking of weight, first time I, I see Jimmy this morning at, at Extreme Couture at an open house, and SEC had a booth there, and I see Jimmy walking up, mom <laughs> with a mouthful of M&Ms, two handfuls of popcorn, and checks mix. Yeah, I'm like, this guy must not have trouble making the weight. <laughs> Which do you prefer, 135 or 145? Um... That's a tough question, man. I, I, I love fighting 145 just because it's so easy for me to make weight, and I feel very comfortable there. Everyone at the gym thinks I should be fighting 135 just because I, I can make the weight. It's just real tough for me, and I'm a lot tall for the for the weight class. Well, what do you walk around at? Uh, right now, about 154, 55. So, so that's normally what 135ers walk around at, you know. I like, see, yeah. it's, you got guys like a Frankie Edgar who's 155 champ in the W in the UFC, but he walks around at 160. He's exactly. only dropping five pounds for a fight. Uh, do you think the the dropping more weight? You say your teammates and, and your coaches over there they prefer you fighting at 145. Do you, do you feel you have a, sh a better advantage there, or does, do you get drained when you go in there? Um, actually, my last fight was at 135, and I felt great. Um, it was the hardest part was just making the weight, obviously, and on top of the travel and the weight out to California. But uh, I, I feel great at either weight. It's just the toughest part is cutting the weight, and I feel best at 145 right now. Well, you can tell though that that you know one of the one of the factors in cutting a lot of weight is it really drains your gas tank. It, it makes you tired. It fatigues you fast. It takes the energy out. It takes the snap off your punches. You know, out of, out, it takes a lot out of your muscles when you're trying to hold the submission. And watching your last fight, it was evident that 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 no way, shape, or form played played a role in your in your performance at all because you guys just set a pace where it was like <laughs> it was nonstop, 100% punching, kickdown, kicking, takedown, sprawl, reversal, submission, attack, stand up. I mean, it, this is one of those fights one of these paces that you just you just stop and you stare and you can't take your eyes off and you're wondering how the hell are these guys still going like they're going so the weight cut evidently you know has, has no effect on you judging by your performance yeah i felt pretty good surprisingly <laughs> once we once we got going at that pace i was a little worried that it might lead to that and uh me getting a little tired but i mean i the way i look at it is like the way i kind of fight is uh kind of like a race horse you know as soon as you see that horse racing next to you you know you kind of like kick okay. your butt in a good gear yeah. so that's what, that's the kind of pace he kept, and that's the one I like to keep as well. UNC biscuit on him. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, okay, <laughs> it's on. Now, uh, what was your weight come fight night? Uh, 153 officially, I think. Okay, so you put on a good 18 pounds. Yeah. That's what's up. <laughs> 92 pounds. Yeah. Which, uh, came in at 200. Yeah, right. <laughs> very cool, very cool. Now, you're a computer guy, so I'm sure that you've heard everything recently, of course, going on with Dana White and yeah. him, uh, addressing so the hackers with tweets. What do, you, what do you think about that? I mean, did you follow that on uh, Twitter? I did, man. That was crazy. Uh, at first, he, he, he sent up a thread about, you know, try it again, whatever. I don't think anyone saw that coming. After what happened next was when they posted all his personal info on there. I was kind of shocked. Now, what, how, how do you feel about how Dana handled it? The way he went back and forth with uh, anonymous, the way he was kind of arguing back and forth about the fact. Listen, I don't care what your cause is, just as long as you're not stealing my material, I'm okay with everything, you know. And what are your thoughts about? This? I mean, obviously, the whole, that whole bill is people weren't happy with. Um, the biggest problem with, he had with it was people streaming the uh, UFC for free or whatever. Which he has a good point. You know, that's that's his baby. You know, he wants to protect it, but. Uh, 
going out there and having a head-to-head -head battle with someone you don't even know. It's kind of a dangerous thing. And then everyone saw what happened once they posted his info out there. Now, how does somebody could possibly access that information? I'm sure it's possible, but I mean, how brilliant. <laughs> he's taking notes. No, yeah, really. So that's that's why I, mean, no, no, so, I so need to know. One, what would I be doing? I mean, because you know, you're going to do a space bar backslash. What do I do? You always hear about these websites that are like, oh, it's encrypted information. There's no way. And then all of a sudden, it's like his information is everywhere. Like, Come on. If he can be hacked like that, it can't be as hard as, or somebody's got to be out there that's that brilliant that can get into some of these systems and, and get that information. I mean, how often does something like this occur? Or if this is, is well, it's not that, a normal That's where occurrence? I think there's an issue. When you have a guy like Dana White who's running a company and, and he's got a lot more important things on his mind, to, as opposed to people who are out there and all their entire intention is to go out and to, to screw you over yeah. and to put your information out there or to hack your website, things like that. Like these people, listen, I, I, I haven't read the entire bill, but from what I tell, I can understand where Dana's point of view is and I can understand everyone's frustration, you know, with the thing because this is a country where it's based on your freedom of speech and having the government going in there and regulating it is one thing. But I understand what Dane is talking about. And like you said, this is his baby, and this is where they make their money. They make their money off of pay-per-view buys. And when you have someone coming in and taking your stuff and putting it all over the Internet while you know you could be paying for it, yeah, I love getting stuff for free, <laughs> but I'd, I'd yeah. rather pay for it than, put it on, than watch it on the net. Here's the thing, though. Don't go buying into this hype so fast, okay? And what I mean by this is the, the anonymous or whoever he is getting this, it doesn't smell right to me because let me ask you this so they try to put this legislation in, in place to you know almost regulate the internet and that's what they attempt to do right so in retaliation and protest about this a person goes out and does what he hacks his stuff he doesn't this he does all this stuff now let me ask you this what does that do for their cause does that support it or hurt it absolutely support. Does, does, does that make people say okay well let's keep the un internet un unregulated or does that make people say hold on this person just did this we need to regulate the internet more so the person who's doing this i'm not really buying that they're doing this for the cause to, to keep the internet free because their actions are just going to help regulate it first. And one of the big, big triggered signs for me was when I heard the T word. When Dana White used the T word, when he started calling him terrorist, that's like the best ploy in the world. That's like we get an unnamed foe, we have an unnamed, an unfaced foe, we, we, we have a solution that we want to get past, we create a problem, everyone cries for a solution, and now here we come save the day. You know, so I'm not buying this, I'm not jumping on the bandwagon, it, it doesn't smell right, you know. Um, yeah, man, it just, it, I don't know. Call me a conspiracy no, I, theorist. I, I, I agree with what you're saying, and you mentioned it the other night. It, it reminds no, you yeah, of, of the, the very first episode of Star Wars, Star <laughs> Wars 1, where he's he's playing people. Yeah, the Senate, okay, yeah, so nobody, if there's any Star Wars, you know, <laughs> nerds like myself or Phil out there. Um, you know, I am Dana White. Yeah, no, it's like, you remember Senator Palpatine, right? Because I allow it. <laughs> so, so Senator Palpatine, he's he's trying to, you know, there's all this, there's a, there's a civil war going on, and, and it's the bad guys and the republics fight the bad guys and they're like we need help we're losing and he goes oh i'll help you i have all these drones ready but he's the one who got the rebellion started in the first place because he wants to introduce his, you know what i'm saying Playing both sides <laughs> yeah man, and that's done throughout history you look at like uh, in world war ii 
uh, when they wanted to introduce ID cards for, for, the, for the Jewish people, there was a library that was burned down, and they blamed it on Jewish terrorists, and that was their whole way to get this bill into place. And, they, and there's a lot of things happening in our government right now that is done by that, by these unnamed, unmasked, you know, unfaced terrorist people who are just lurking in the shadows. And all you got to do is attach that name to someone, you know, or create a problem, identify it being done by terrorists, and suddenly whatever you want to get accomplished is there. Here, hey, I got a solution. Here, you know, I'll, I'll create a problem to get whatever brilliant, I want. A brilliant marketing campaign is what yeah, you're saying. Yeah, so I'm not saying he's doing, I'm just saying whoever's behind those attacks on him, they're, they're doing more harm to keeping the internet unregulated than, than, than not. Now, say it's not like you say, and it's not some big ploy. Is Dana going about it the right way, going after, and having this war of words on Twitter, or should he just, I think by the dressing it, he's giving them, if, if Fuel for the flames. He's, giving, he's fueling it, instead of just ignoring it. Yeah, I'm with you on that, man. I, I don't think... Jimmy, you, you know, is there any way that they could, if they really wanted to, track track the guys that are hacking? I mean, is there, uh, not that, you know, you may or may not know this information, but <laughs> isn't there a way, it's kind of like a, tracing a phone call, like if you're on the phone long enough, you can trace the phone call back. Is there a way to trace these hackers? I mean, aren't there, okay, as brilliant as these guys have to be to get into the system, isn't there a guy out there who's just as brilliant to find these guys that do get in? Um, honestly, I have no idea, but... <laughs> I mean, you are not getting any knows, customers out of this. And he just knows how to fix the computers or break them. It's a good thing you put an MMA jet. <laughs> but uh, you know, if they're going out and posting this type of stuff online and making it known that they can do this, I, I don't think there would be a way that they can be tracked. I mean, otherwise, they're really setting themselves up for disaster. Right, right, right. So, yeah, if I were Dana in the UFC, what I would do is I would go out there and I would find the greatest hacker ever, and, and you know, try to counterattack it. Yeah. But it's one of those things that like they kind of stick together. The hackers stick together, and it's one of the, you know, I think it's a lose-lose situation. I think the best way to do it is just to ignore it. Let them go on, let them hack your site, and just get have someone there ready to, to put it back. Look at this guy ready to roll over. <laughs> just let him do it. Take advantage of me. No, I, I don't. I think by bringing, bringing it out in public, and it, you're, like Joey said, you're adding fuel to the fire, I think it, it's, it's pointless to do it. Just sweep it under the rug and forget about it. All right, all right. What we're going to do is we're going to take a break right now. When we come back, we're going to have... Jimmy with us, and we're also going to have another very special guest as well that's going to be coming on with us right. at, uh, at the bottom of the hour. Stud, Sean Spangler, coach at Drysdale Jiu-Jitsu, uh, coach very Gray cool, Maynard, very cool, very a coach cool at Drysdale Jiu-Jitsu. That scares me. Right. You're not hey, choking me out. MMA <laughs> Fight Corner brought to you by Fast Cash Title Loans, live from the Hot Rock Hotel and Casino. Call 702-365-9200, Fox Sports Radio 920. The MMA Fight Corner. 